Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. This coming weekend, um, Children in Need, one of the biggest TV events in the UK, kicks off on Friday. But should children have to go on national television, disclose their illness, whatever trauma they've been through, in order for people to donate to helping charities. I was reading one disability activist in the UK in a very long uh, a long thread on this overnight talking about the fact that she just thinks it's uh, it's exploitation and and it shouldn't happen. Evie is with us on the line today. Evie, what do you think? Like is, is it exploiting children doing this? It well it is. The short answer is yes, but I think this is a deep, I think it just highlights a deeper problem that charities are existing and they're, the onus is currently kind of largely on them instead of the public reps and the government um, whose job it is to make sure no child is, um, you know, is left behind. I mean, things like, like they raise money for things like assistance dogs, mobility aids, you know, these things should be part of, you know, a joined up welfare system that, you know, ensures that every child is given what they need to achieve their potential, regardless of their family's income. And like I, I currently sit on a board for a charity and, you know, um, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Mm. Um, so you have, know too, uh, you know only too well then, you know, Evie, how much the... The, the financial assistance that comes from fundraising events, like you, you, you yes, know the absolutely. benefit that comes from that. Yeah. Now we don't, we wouldn't receive, um, we wouldn't ask the public for any money. We get um, funding from the Department of Social Protection. But the thing is, we're a charity that helps disabled people um, get into employment because seventy percent of disabled adults. Um, are not employed and again it's a failure of government and giving once a year kind of solves the short term problems you know if the money dries up then projects that the charities are doing vanishes and this is why services like this need to be centrally funded and done in a sustainable way rather than you know encouraging people who are probably struggling themselves um, you know to give and then the the other issue then is uh, what happens when those children turn 18 like our foster care system here, for example, you know, people fall through the cracks and, you know, disabled and sick adults can't be packaged up like on TV the way little kids or animals are, you know, and uh, because sick and disabled adults aren't, you know, cute or being able to be packaged that way. And, you know, people are already contributing with their taxes. Mm, you're paying for it anyway. shouldn't have to be they shouldn't have to be guilted into giving more when okay. it's the government's responsibility to provide. Carmel Doyle, CEO of the Jack and Jill Foundation, is with us as well, Evie. Is that what's happening? Like, it's it's really about, I suppose, guilting people into putting their hand in their pocket? No, I wouldn't say guilting people. And I would take a lot of what Evie says and agree with her. In an ideal world, uh, Andrea, Jack and Jill shouldn't have to exist um, it should all be covered by the HSE. We look after over 400 children right across the country. And what we do today is we fund and deliver home nursing care hours, specialist nurses into the home for children that have highly complex medical conditions. So if we didn't exist, um, I'm not sure what these families would do. We're filling a gap. And the fact is it costs $6 million to run Jack and Jill 
we fund uh, and support 400 families, as I said today, and what we do is we would um, provide up to 80 hours for a family. Um, and it's all about specialist care. And I absolutely have been listening in. In an ideal world, we shouldn't have to yeah. tell stories. We shouldn't have to ask for donations. But I'm living in the reality. You know, Jack and Jill was set up 25 years ago by parents, for parents, to fill a gap that still exists. And in order to do what we do, we need to ask the public um, to donate. And in order to do that, um, we, we tell our Jack and Jill story through some of the families mm. um, that receive our well, you, care. You, but you would, use children, don't you, in the campaigns? Well, well, we will use children, but even that word, use children, no, we will the, ask families yeah, no, to I tell appreciate their story. That. But we will absolutely, the word here is consent, we will ask mm. the families who are willing and able to do it uh, to tell their story. Uh, we will support them to tell their story. Um, you know, uh, lots of our families, Andrea, would never be asked and would never be up to telling their story uh, in the public because it's such a big thing to do. You're already dealing with the trauma of having a child with a highly complex medical condition, you know, probably uh, at home 24-7. You know, the last thing parents need to have to do is to do a media interview. I, I agree know. with that. But the reality of the situation is to keep Jack and Jill's name out there and to raise the money we need. We have to show the impact and, and we have to tell the story. Mm. And we're so privileged that so many of our families over the years, we've supported 2,700 families since Jonathan and Marianne set up Jack and Jill in 1997. So many of them choose to say, yes, look, I know it's difficult, but I'm going to tell you specifically about what Jack and Jill does for me. Because the other thing to remember here, Andrea, is every child and every family situation is different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when a parent actually says, this is what my Jack and Jill nurse means to me that's what people want to read as the ceo i will offer to do every single mm. oh carmel i know the great work that, that jack and jill do and i you know i, I don't in any way and you know take take away from that at all like it's a, it's a, it's incredible work i've been at some of the events you know i've talked and met many many families through the foundation over the years through interviews here and you know in other stations as well and and it's 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 a tough job and you're right like but the, the thing is you shouldn't have to do it like people are paying, we're all paying tax, you know, and the and the, the money goes into the uh, into the exchequer and it's divvied out. And and like as you say yourself, Jack and Jill and the foundation, it shouldn't have to exist. It shouldn't have to be there. But I suppose Evie, that is a good point from Carmel. Like maybe people need to see the the impact. They need to see what's happening and they need to hear the stories from families and and from from the young children. One hundred percent. I don't disagree with people sharing their stories. I mean, I've done it for myself and my family. We've had to fundraise to go abroad to get medical treatment because the government let us down. Um, so I, we've had to do that ourselves. Um, and you know, we'll share the story of of you know the the people in our in our lives and around us that have made an impact and what it means to us. But I think I think the main issue is with with these types of ads is that the way that they do them, you know, kind of a, a black and white, sad music, this kind of thing, rather than you know people saying this is what it means to me and and um, you know the people working for charities and why they are fulfilled by it and um, the amazing work that they do. I think that's different. But I think it's just this black and white, sad thing, and it's almost like othering them as well and. Um, I don't know, it just, it's never kind of sat right with me um, because it's, 
the similar thing that they do for you know like some of the charities for animals and things like that and um you know that's kind of the aspect i have an issue with it's just this packaging um that's done you know once a year and then um with with particular charities that it's going to be a once a year thing and then it's at the back of people's minds then for the rest of the year kind of thing um but again it's fundamental um thing that the government is failing the most vulnerable in society okay. in the UK. We're talking about children in need, but I'm talking about here as well. The government um, are not prioritising the most vulnerable um, people. I mean, even just that segment there before you were t- when you were talking about turning off uh, or getting rid of things, you know, and it's like people are already struggling. I know. Uh, you know, I know. so it's, um, just, it's do, so difficult. Do, just on that point, Carmel, just about the, I suppose, the, the packaging of it and the fact that it's a kind of a publicity maybe event. And I appreciate we're not talking about Jack and Jill necessarily here. We're, we're just chatting about this today because the, the Children in Need TV event is on uh, this coming weekend. Um, do, do you want to respond there to Evie on, on just the point, I suppose, specifically around how it's packaged effectively? Well, I mean, I'd have to say have a look at jackandjill.ie because we don't do any ones-off events. We're telling stories right throughout the year. And one of the things, Andrea, we'll always say to journalists when we're, we're prepping them for an interview is we'll talk about the child and what the child can do at home and how we're empowering parents and how that child uh, will, you know, break through all that life-limiting um boundaries that have been set because at home a child will do much better so I'd actually beg to differ and say in Jack and Jill's case we're shining a light on the impact the positive impact of having the child at home but I agree mm. it's, it's a sad situation you know for any parent you know faced with a child with a highly complex uh, condition life is tough and that is the reality. Yeah, well you could, um, you could you make know. the argument like, like if the money is raised and it's going to help a family or help a, ch- a child you know to stay at home or to get access to services does, yeah. does it ne- ne- you know does it nearly matter how it's raised? If it's raised and, and it can help a family um, if it's done through an event or an advertising campaign you know I'm, I'm sure there's many people who well they are getting in touch with us here in the text line to say what about it if it helps somebody? Well, and and Andrea I would again say to people we'll do whatever we can to raise money. Yeah. We actually say sell art for care, you know, we're selling candles for Christmas, you know, it's not always about telling the story either, but the most poignant thing to do and how we can actually uh, tell people what we do, the best words come from the parents. And again, just to say, I would offer to do every single interview possible, but oftentimes the media, like News Talk, RTE, regional radio, they actually want to talk to a local nurse or a local family to, to say what the impact is, because it's much more real when it comes from the parent and what it means. Going back to what's happening in the UK, that's a once-off event, a bit like we have our own once-off events in Ireland as well. Um, you know, we have the, the toy show coming yes, up on Yes, it's funny, RTE. a lot of people texting in about that, actually. You know, but, but look, a charity for Jack and Jill is not just a once-off. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're trying to raise money right Oh, I know, I know, and it's badly, badly needed, Carmel, and I, I, I don't take away from that whatsoever. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. Now, before the break, we were talking about um, telethons and whether or not they exploit children in need. Bernard is with us on the line. Bernard, you were listening there to Carmel Doyle, the CEO of Jack and Jill, and Evie as well, who got in touch. You are a disability activist. Um, Does it exploit children? Um, Well... (coughs) It's it 
does in a way. I mean, we have a bit of a joke in our family. My, my daughter's got a disability and uh, she would always, uh, when we're watching any programs or if there's, a, if there's anything on telly that we're watching and there's a, it is some sort of fundraiser, we'll always sort of joke that around halfway through the show, the, uh, the wheelchair kids will start to appear and that's when the money starts to ramp up and that's when people feel very guilty and start firing the money in. I mean, Sophia used to, one of the first wheelchairs she used to have, she used to call it the pink passport because uh, people see it and it gets you in a lot of places, but also gets a lot of empathy for people. Right. And um, <clears throat> I mean, it just even on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a political level, if you want to look at it, just it's, it's very interesting that, you know, Jack and Jill do, do amazing work. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, there's, absolutely. No, there's no question. There's no, deni- there's no denying they do. Absolutely. And quote, there's six million to run Jack and Jill. When last year, the horse racing industry got an increase of 7.8 million taxpayers' money. Now, I challenge anyone to go out in the street with a microphone and ask anyone, who do you think deserves the money more? Jack and Jill or the horse racing industry? And I can guarantee you, 100%, everyone will say Jack and Jill. Mm. Jack so and necessary, Jill. necessary evil, if you want to call it that. Listen, I can't... Uh, you know, firstly, anyway, my view is that the state should be providing the services and support through the taxpayer to people who need it, okay? And that's, that's another thing. There's a certain monetization of charity and the whole charitable model it's become an industry. That's, that's the truth of it. I mean, I was looking at the tweets that the, the young woman tweeted, and if you go through the tweets, you can see as, as it goes down, it is that uh, ableism, it's that monetization of disability and putting forward the poor me. And it is really, uh, it's, very, um, it's very demeaning for people with disabilities to, to be used like that. And, and a lot of them will say that. I mean, it's funny because uh, Sophia, my daughter, is actually she's doing the child talk this year for the Ombudsman for Children. Okay. And when we started doing, she she started she made a video for them, and they sent out the the script writer, and they, they were all here, and this has been a process over two months, and it's been a really interesting, enjoyable process. But her first condition was, and it was really, really, it, it was wonderful to hear from her, and it was even better to hear from the Ombudsman when he came back. Sophia said. I'm going to tell a story. It's my story. And she said, it doesn't have a happy ending. And he, he just looked at her and he said, that's what we want. Mm. She says, I'm not going to polish it up. I'm not going to, you know, we, we, we've achieved good things. We've achieved possibly great things. But it hasn't a happy ending. And I'm not going to polish it up that everything is rosy, everything is great, because it's not. Yeah. And he said, that's what we need. And I've had enough conversations with families, children with disabilities, people with disabilities, my, ta- my own daughter. We've done fundraising. We've done lots of it for Temple Street Children's Hospital, which we love. And a lot of the time you often wonder, where is all the money going? Where is all this tax money going? I mean, to have to step in like to Temple Street because they need a vital piece of equipment. Sophia fundraised herself and mm. to buy a toileting chair, the first toileting chair Temple Street ever had. And I remember when we we posted that she, she, she donated the money through, through fundraising. People were aghast. They, were, they could not believe that they had never had a toilet in jail, which they didn't. And, and yet, all this tax money that's, that, that's been funneled into the HSE and into organisations, people assume that, uh, you know, that hospitals, children's organisations would have all these 
particular well, devices. Well, often basic uh, services and, and yet you have the likes of you know, the Jack and Jill Foundation and, and, and so, so many other, you know, incredible organisations and charities that actually have to be there. I mean, there's no question about it that they have to be there to, to fill that void. Um, we're talking about this because Children in Need, which is one of the biggest TV events in the UK, it starts this weekend and, and that's why we're talking about this today because of the fact that some um, disability activists have, you know, just been sharing their views on it and feel that um, it is an element of exploitation of children in need and that's why we're asking you today our listeners what's your thoughts on it listen Bernard thanks a million for for getting in touch with us for um, joining us here on Lunchtime Live Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan brought to you by Avant Money weekdays at midday on News Talk